Well, good morning and welcome to Epic Today as we conclude our two-part series, uh, Untouchable and Unlovable. Now, if you were here with us last week, and if you weren't, um, I'll give you a little bit of a recap. Last week, we learned that all of us have something that lies beneath the surface of our lives that we're just not too proud about. And whether it's a situation or something that's there, uh, basically, we don't want anybody to touch upon it or we don't want anyone to know about it. And these things that lie beneath the surface, we just don't want them to be found out because they have the potential to really cause a lot of damage in our lives and they can ruin our lives and even destroy our lives. And last week, we looked at these waters over here, and these waters represent the toxic things of this life. There's just nothing good about them. And we know that as we experience this life, that there's just a lot of things that are not right, not wrong. I mean, not things that are just infectious, disease-ridden, sin-ridden, and that's what these waters represent, the toxic things of this life. And basically, we learned that there are several ways to get into these waters. Basically, we can be tossed into these waters, or we can wade into these waters, or we can even just plunge right into them as well. And despite what we think, we learned last week that there is no situation and nothing that we can hide that is untouchable to God. If we cry out to him, he will respond. And last week we learned about a man who considered himself untouchable, but yet when he took a chance and he cried out to Jesus, Jesus responded and he responded with his healing touch, which shows us that there is nothing that is untouchable to God. And so if you missed last week's message, I encourage you to listen to it. We always post the message uh, on our website under the podcast, or you can listen to it from iTunes as well. Well, today we are going to look at another aspect of God, of who he is and how he will respond when we cry out to him. And also we are going to look at people's perceptions of those who are in these waters and the harmful labels that those people can give to us while we are in those waters as well. And it doesn't take us long to know that in this world, there are a lot of perceptions out there. A lot of people with ideas of what should be done or what shouldn't be done and everything. And perceptions can be dangerous on multiple levels because those perceptions are from our preferences or sometimes those perceptions are distinguished by us trying to sort out the truth. So let me give you an example um, for us to kind of wrap our minds around that. Um, a long time ago, when I went to summer camp in middle school, okay, and we all went to summer camps and know about this summer camp thing, when we went to summer school, I mean not summer school, but summer camp, we all desired to find our summer camp sweetheart, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, my sister, she was like queen of the camp and everything. You know, she like had all these guys chasing after her and she could pick, you know, whoever she wanted. On the other side of the coin, you know, I did not have a lot of girls chasing after me, okay? All right, that was not a problem. But I thought this summer, okay, this is the summer. This is the summer, even though it lasts a week, okay? I'm gonna find my summer camp sweetheart, okay? So all of a sudden, one day, we are out on the ball fields, okay? And one of my sister's friends comes up to me. I think, you know, not her, but I'm like thinking, okay, I'm pretty athletic. 
you know, my athletics will pay off, some girl will take notice. Well, instead, this other girl comes up, and she's my sister friends, and she's like, Tim, I have a question for you. I'm like, okay. She's like, how come your sister is so beautiful, and you're so ugly? And I was just like, wow, I was shocked. I didn't have a comeback at all, you know? I just like put my head down, put my tail between my legs, and just kind of walked off, you know? And it was just like, ouch, you know? And you know that old saying like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Yeah, yeah, well, that's garbage, okay? All right? <laughs> words hurt. They hurt. And this, these girls' words, even though that was her perception, they hurt. And they ruined my week. And they even, I allowed them to influence my perception of who I was a little bit as well. And that's the danger with perceptions. Because of this. Perceptions can become labels. And labels are more dangerous than perceptions. Because labels have the ability to tell other people who we are, or the perceptions of what we think we should be, okay? So let me uh, break that down a little bit more. When we look at labels, and people put labels onto us, this is what labels do to us. They make us, and they complicate our lives, and they complicate the situations, and they keep us stuck in these waters, Okay, And what happens with them is that we begin to identify ourselves with these wrongs, with these lies, and even potentially the sins of these labels that we either embrace or are put onto us. And so last week we learned there's several ways to jump into these waters. Either basically we are tossed into them, or we wade into them, or we plunge right into them. But what we didn't examine, and that we're going to examine today, is that labels can complicate our lives. And they are dangerous to our lives. And so last week, we learned that one of the ways that we can get into this water is simply that we are tossed into these waters. Something tragic happens to our lives. You know, someone dies on us through an accident or through a disease, and it puts us in these waters, and we are stuck in these waters. Or something happens to us from a person, and they harm us or something, and we are stuck in these waters. And while we are in these waters, we become bitter, and we become angry. And we start to take it out upon ourselves and even other people who surround us. Now, here's how labels complicate things, okay? Now, we're, I, I gotta warn you, okay? These labels that we're gonna examine today, and some of them, they're gonna rile us up because they're emotional and they're strong. And there might be some feelings that come out of you when we look at some of these labels because sometimes we put those labels onto ourselves. But worse yet is sometimes people put these labels onto us and they don't know what's going on beneath the surface. All right? So for this category of being tossed in, these are just some of the labels. It's not all the labels. But here are some of the labels that are put onto us or that we embrace while we are tossed into these waters. And some of these labels are wounded, failure, and loser. And sometimes when something happens to us, we are so wounded. 
And when we start to interact in a good relationship, we don't know if we can quite trust that person. And sometimes we lash out and we do wrong to them because they don't know what's beneath the surface and that we are wounded. Or sometimes what happens is that when we go to attempt something because something happened to our lives and we failed at it again, sometimes we don't take the risk to do it because we think we are a failure. And sometimes when we interact with people, we are so critical of people and we are critical and we are critical in their faces. And what happens is some people don't say this to our face, but they go around and say, man, that person's a loser. They are so critical all the time. And so when we look at these labels, what these labels do is that they keep us from advancing into the future, from experiencing the future that we should have because we continue to look at our past. And so they are very harmful to us. Now, another way that we can jump into these waters is simply that we waded into these waters. For some reason, they kind of looked attractive. We thought, you know what? I'll go in and I'll experience that and then I'll come right back out. But yet, we find ourselves trapped in these waters. And now we have a problem and now we have some type of addiction and we can't stop looking or we can't start, stop cheating or we can't stop lying and we can't stop sinning and we don't know what we're going to do about the situation. And here's what complicates the situation more. Here's what complicates and labels do to our lives. And some of the labels that are in this type of situation when we wade into them is addict or alcoholic or codependent or foolish. And this is what I mean by an addict. You know, they say to themselves and we say to ourselves, you know, there's just no way out. There's no way that I can defeat this. And there is, I'm basically stuck Or sometimes, you know, mom and dad, you know, they had a problem with drinking and I'm in the same boat. There's no choices that I can make. I am stuck in this thing and I'm going to just embrace it. Or sometimes we try to have resolved something in the past, but yet it's there. We don't deal with it. We move on to try to resolve it in some other manner. It doesn't work. We keep on moving on and yet people don't know what's going on beneath the surface because we never have dealt with what we should have dealt with. Instead, we just numb the pain by moving on from one thing to another thing to another thing. Or sometimes we do something and someone says, you know what, you shouldn't do that. That's not a great idea. Don't do it, you know? And we think we're different somehow. We think that, you know, nothing's going to touch us or something. And we do it and they start to label us as foolish. And why are they keep on making those bad choices? And the problem with these labels These labels tell us that we are stuck and that we can't make a choice to get out of the situation. And that's the power of these labels if we embrace those labels. Now, another way that we find ourselves into these waters is simply we plunge in. We are untouchable. It does not matter. We're going to cheat. We're going to lie. We're going to do whatever because we are untouchable. And here's some of the labels that are associated when we just plunge right into these waters. Rebel, sinner, untouchable. And we embrace these labels. It doesn't matter. If we're a rebel, you know what? We are up against everyone. It does not matter. I am up against that person. I'm up against that person. It doesn't matter because I am out to prove who I am. And I am just a rebel. 
Or sometimes it's like we are so in so deep, and it's like, you know what? I'm so in deep, it doesn't matter. I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, you know, you can call it sin or something like that. And yeah, I'm a sinner. Woo, you know? It doesn't matter because we are untouchable. And here's what happens when we label ourselves as untouchable. We go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into these waters. When we get to the point that we can't see any light, and it doesn't matter because we're untouchable. Now, the problem with these labels, if you're in that, and it's hard to admit this, those labels cause us to become isolated and alone. And we just keep on going because that's all we know to do. So here's my question for us. Don't answer this out loud. But what's your label? What's your label? What is it that you have potentially latched onto? It might not have been one of those labels. It might be another label. But what's the label? Because we've all put some type of label onto ourselves. We all wrestle with this issue. But what's the label that you've embraced potentially? Or what's the label that someone has put onto you that you can't escape? And here's the danger of labels. They stick. And we think that we can shake them off, but yet we can't. And as we embrace that label we become stuck in these waters. And here's the problem. When we try to shake off these labels and we find that we can't shake off these labels, they become so intertwined in us that we start to believe these labels. We start to identify with these labels. You know what that does deep down in our lives? At some level, we would say that we are unlovable, that there is no one who can love us for who we are, or for what we've become. And here's where we're going today, okay? There is no label that can define us. Whether the label is true or whether it's not, God would want us to know that he can free us from any type of label. And so if we want to have that label come off, all we have to do is come to him. And so just like last week, what we learned is that we should come and see because he is always inviting us to come and see for ourselves who he is, what he has done, and how he will respond to the situation. So that's where we're heading today. We are invited to come and see who Jesus is. So if you would, grab a Bible that's in your seat today. Um, turn to Luke chapter 7, uh, verse 36. It's found on page 788, um, as we put up there on the screen. If you don't own a Bible, feel free to take one of these Bibles, okay? Uh, no one's watching. Um, we provide them to you. So please take one of those Bibles if you don't have a Bible of your own or you really like that Bible as well. All right, now let me set up the scene for us, okay? Jesus's popularity at this time is growing tremendously, all right? People are talking about the miracles that he's doing. They're talking about the healings that he's doing. They're talking about how he is teaching, and no one has ever taught like this before. And he's getting so much attention that the religious elite of the day are starting to wonder who this guy is, and the religious elite of the day was the Pharisees. 
And the Pharisees were like the religious teachers. They were the religious leaders. And they're a little skeptical of who Jesus is. So they start to go out for themselves to see who he is. They start to ask him questions. They start to interact with him. And they want to interact with him more. And one of these Pharisees named Simon decides to invite Jesus to dinner. And he wants to, he's curious about him. He wants to say, okay, who is this Jesus, really? And so um, what we need to know is that it was the custom of the day, if you invited a great teacher to dinner, then you would allow other guests to come, the people that you invited, yes, all that, but you would allow unwelcome visitors to come. And they could come into your house and sit along the edge of the room. They were not allowed to participate in the dinner, and they were not allowed to participate in the conversation, but they could hear the conversation, and that was a cool thing to do. So here's Jesus, who's an invited guest. But yet, here comes this unwelcome visitor. Someone that everyone thought would never dare to show their face in a public setting like this. And yet, this person comes. So let's check it out. In verse uh, 36, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now this is where like the flashbulbs would start going off, the pavarazzi's like outside the doors of the Pharisee's house, you know, because all of a sudden here comes this unwanted visitor who enters into the home. So verse 37, when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he, that Jesus, was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him, and that's Jesus, at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, in his mind, no one heard this, he said, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Could you imagine like the headlines of that day? You know, basically known prostitute walks into the house of a Pharisee and kisses the feet of Jesus. Who is this woman? Who is this Jesus? We thought we knew Jesus or something like that. Could you imagine as this woman walked through in this room, all eyes start to begin to focus on her and the conversations start to quiet. And these people in their mind are starting to think thoughts like this. Who is she? What is she doing? Why is she here? And what is she starting to do with Jesus? What is that? That that looks like she's trying to honor him. That's not how you honor him. That's improper protocol. You don't cry on somebody's feet. You don't do those types of things. You know, you don't kiss someone's feet. That's like reserved for like the kings of kings and the best of the best. You know, what is she doing? Why is she here? You know? And here's the thing. As she walked into this, you know, if we took a pause, could you imagine what was going on in her head as she walked into this dinner with all these high officials, with all these Pharisees, and she knows the labels. 
She's embraced those labels. She knows those labels. But yet, they don't know what's going on beneath the surface in her life. They don't know how she got into these waters. They don't know what she feels on the inside. And so today, we're going to do something, okay? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to open up those envelopes. And here's what's in those envelopes, okay? These are some of the labels. These are some of the feelings that she could have felt. And I think we need to wrestle with them a little bit more, okay? So if you would, go ahead and open up those labels. Now, as you uh, begin to read some of those labels, it might be a little shocking, might be a little emotional, and you might get a little upset. And here's the problem with labels. They harm us. They are dangerous. And if you got a reaction from that label at any, uh, as you read that, can you imagine the labels that we begin to put on ourselves and the emotions and the burden that we carry with those labels? And so here are some of the labels that this woman uh, dealt with. She said, uh, you, you might have gotten these, alone, shame, guilty, worthless, anger, used, abandoned, desperate, immoral, outcast, judged, shunned, unworthy, Numb, dead, lifeless, hopeless, insecure, broken, rejected, misunderstood, manipulated, cut off. Could you imagine that weight that she was holding? And that's what we hold on as well as we put on labels to ourselves, or we put labels onto other people as well. And I want you to do one more thing. During the rest of this message, I want you to peel that label off, and I want you to put it on yourself. And I want you to think about this as you put this on yourself. Okay? Can you imagine the weight that we carry around on a regular basis from these labels and what we do with them. Now, here's what's going on in this situation, and here's what we need to know about this situation. Here's what's beneath the surface that's going on, and I'm going to tell you in advance what's going on in this encounter with Jesus, okay? Because we need to know it so that as we unwrap this encounter, we know what's going on in the situation, all right. This is not her first encounter with Jesus. Most Bible scholars agree, from as they interpret this passage and everything, that this is probably not her first encounter with Jesus. She probably heard of who he is, and he's going. She went out there to check out who he is. She saw the miracles. She saw the healings that he was performing, and she heard him teach. 
And she kept on going back. And she heard one day that her sins could be washed away, that her label could be done away with. And she had seen everything, and it had confirmed in her heart that Jesus was the Messiah. And she put her faith in him, and she found forgiveness. Her debt was canceled. And now she wants to go and say thank you to Jesus. And so all of a sudden she finds out where Jesus is going to be. And she says, you know what? I'm going to go there. I couldn't thank him because of the large crowds, so I am coming in. And so here she comes to see Jesus because her weight was off. And she was so grateful for what he had done. And yeah, maybe she went a little bit overboard and everything. She didn't dot the T's and dot the I's. But those guys did not know what was going on beneath the surface in her life. And so that's why she seeks him out. And Jesus in this moment does an amazing thing. He defends her. And so let's check out as he defends her. So here's Simon who had this thought of like, Jesus, you know, why in the world are you allowing this woman to touch you? She is a known sinner. And here's what I love about Jesus. And this is why he is God. He didn't think those things out loud. But yet Jesus responds to his question. And let's check that out. In verse 40, then Jesus answered his thoughts, Simon's thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. And people earned about one piece of silver a day back then. That was kind of doing good. So you can imagine 500 pieces of silver, you're in major debt. Verse 42, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he had canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And here's Jesus's point. You know, he was always telling these little stories and he always had a point with them. He's saying, okay, there's two people in the story. Who do you think the two people are? I'm interacting with two people. I'm interacting with Simon. I'm interacting with this woman. Who has the greater debt? Who doesn't have as much of a debt in this story? But yet, who is the person who can forgive the debt? And that's Jesus. And Simon did not know that. But this woman knew that. That's why she was there. That's why she was giving thanks to Jesus. So let's look at verse 44. Then he, Jesus, turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. Simon, you won't even look at her. You have labeled this woman inappropriately. You do not know what's happened beneath the surface, but I'm going to show you, Simon. Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Verse 45, you didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. Ding, ding, ding. Earlier encounter, you didn't know about that, Simon. Her sins have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love today. 
but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Ding, ding, Simon, you don't think that I can cancel debts. You don't know what I can do. And yet I'm here to tell you exactly what I can do. Simon, if I could say something to you, this is what Jesus would probably say to Simon. This woman is showing me great love because she knew how great of debt she was in. And when she came and found me the other day in that large crowd, I forgave her. I forgave her of everything. And I washed away her sins. And I settled her account. Okay, Simon? And to answer your thought, to answer your question, Simon, the thought that you put out there of, do I know who this woman is? I know exactly who this woman is. So that you know that I am the God of the universe, I know exactly who she is. She has no debt. She is not untouchable. She is not unlovable. She is forgiven. She is free. And she has a new life. The life that I want to give to you as well, Simon. Because you have some things that you consider untouchable and unlovable and some labels that you have on yourself, but yet you don't see that. And so that's what Jesus would be saying to Simon in this moment. In verse 48, then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Pretty much don't doubt what's been going on here. If you're confused about it, okay, don't forget that your sins have already been forgiven, all right? Verse 49, then the men at the table said amongst themselves, who is this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Basically telling her, don't go back to those labels. Don't go back to these waters, okay? You have a new life. Your life is forgiven. Go in peace means continue in your relationship with me, the God of the universe. Continue to seek me out. Continue to know who I am. Continue to be in this relationship so that you don't go back to these waters, so that they don't become another label or anything. And that's what God wants us to know as well. You know, what is the weight that we've been carrying? What is the weight of the labels that we try to put onto ourselves or that others put onto us. And you know what God will do? This is what he will do. Basically, the labels, the sins, the toxic things of this life, he says, you know what? They are going to weigh you down. And we all know that they are going to weigh us down. There's not a question about that. We even know that they have the potential to destroy us. And we know that we can't do anything to get out of these waters. We've tried, we've tried, we've tried. We know that we can't do anything about these labels. We try to shake them, we try to shake them, but yet they just don't seem to come off. And here's what God would say. He would say, come, come and ask me. And what this woman found in that moment, when she heard him that day, that he could wash away her sins, that she, he could wash away her labels, that she could have a new life, she put her faith in him that day. And in that moment, her debt was canceled. And the things of this life, the things that contaminated her life, what she found in that moment was that as she put her faith in Jesus that day, her 
baggage, her sins, her debt was canceled. And her life was no longer contaminated, no longer, no more labels, no more things in her life. She was free from them. She had a new life and she understood that. And Jesus backed this up even more than that. And he wanted us to make sure, and she wanted to make her know that the way that we can know with certainty that he can give us a new life when we put our faith into him is that he went up on that cross. And the debt that we owed, he took upon himself. And he paid so that our debt could be resolved. And that's what he did when he went to the cross. And he proved it by coming back to life three days later. And we are talking about that some 2,000 years later. Whether you agree or not, we are still talking about it. Because that's what Jesus did for you and he did for me as well. And this is what we need to know. Some of us have put our faith into Jesus. We are all in. But what happens is sometimes we want to keep going back into those dirty waters. We want to continue to put labels back on to ourselves. And he says, why? You know, I've given you a new life. Continue to have a relationship with me. Stop asking if you are saved. When you put your faith in Jesus, you were saved in that moment. There's no looking back. And he would say, continue to advance. You don't need to wonder if you are saved. When you cried out to me in that moment, just like that woman cried out, she was saved, you were saved. And in that dinner, he's reassuring her, hey, what you did already, your faith saved you. It's not by your actions. It's not by coming here tonight and showing me great honor or anything like that. You were saved at that moment. So stop asking over and over again whether you are saved. You are saved. Now move forward and go with God and go in peace. Now some of us, we've never put our faith in Jesus. And we have never come, and we've never come with these labels to him, and we've never cried out to him, and we've never basically said at that moment, you know what? Here's my label, God. Here's my debt. Here's my sin. I know that it has caused a huge debt. And we need to come to him and approach him and say, God, would you forgive us? of our debts. Would you forgive us of our sins? And you know what you will find? Every time he will respond and he will take away the labels from our lives and he will take away the debt that is in our lives that we can't come out of or that we can't resolve on our own. That's how powerful he is. He does it because he is a God who is about a relationship. And just like he knew this woman and knew exactly what had happened and what was beneath the surface, he knows in our lives what's below the surface. Why do you think we think about these things all the time? Why do you think that we can't escape these things? That is God who's trying to put his very fingerprint on our lives to say, I want this. Give it to me. I want to know you. That you matter, that you are touchable, that you are someone that I love dearly. Won't you come and see how I will respond to your situation? 
And so if you've never put your faith in Christ, then today, make it the day that you come to him, just like that woman a long, long, long time ago that many of us have done. We know that we could not escape these waters on our own. We know that we can't do away with these labels on our own, but yet Jesus can do that if we put our faith in him. And so what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer, and I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you would like, um, to put your faith in Jesus today. And let's all symbolically tear these labels up, okay? These are the labels that no longer have to plague our lives, all right? So I'm going to invite the band up, and as they come up, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ, then you're just basically talking to him and you're telling him these things. And so I'm gonna say some words and it's not about the words or anything, it's about your heart. It's about saying, God, I wanna do this and this is what I wanna do today. And so if you would like to receive Christ today, you can do that. So let's pray and then I'll continue to close us out in a word of prayer. So Jesus, we come to you And if we have never entered into a relationship with you, then these are the things that we want to say to you, God. Jesus, would you cancel my debt? Would you forgive me of my sin? I believe that you canceled my debt on the cross. You are God. Would you save me. Thank you for doing that. And Father, we just thank you so much for what you have done in our hearts and what you've done in our lives, that you've given us new life, that you have taken away our sins and our debt that we could not pay, that you have washed over them, God. You are said to be the fountain of living water. And so God, we turn to you and we say to you, thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for what you have done. And thank you for how you will respond. And thank you that you will always, always pursue us and invite us to see who you are. May we continue on this path, this new path that you have given to us and continue to find out who you are and how great you are and how you don't want any of these things to hold us down. In Jesus' name, amen. Now remember, you are not untouchable and you are not unlovable. He desires a relationship with us and so let's continue to go and go in peace.